Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. I'm your host, Melinda, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carmel. Hello, everyone. And today in studio, we have one of my favorite people. I don't say yeah. that lightly. He's a filmmaker, an actor, a director, a writer. Are you still doing comedy, too? Uh, not as much, but the comedy does permeate everything else, I hope. Nice. Well, <laughs> well it's one of my favorite people, Dakota Lupo. Thank you so much for Hello, joining it's a us. To be with you guys. Absolutely. How is everyone's week? <sighs> I think we were just talking about just, just yeah. this yeah. constant cycle of it. It, just, it. it happens to be Sunday, but I think think it's the day is just the most important part of it right 100 percent agree the first three letters I, it really doesn't yeah, matter yeah. it's another day yeah it's another they day. they all run together don't yeah. they so um i want to talk about a couple of things um as I've, if you've noticed and been following on social media we've been doing the we need to talk photo series where we go out into the community and we ask people what is one thing that you think the media doesn't talk about. And that has really sparked a lot of these topics that I want to talk about today because of some of the answers that we receive from people, which I find to be so interesting. So the first thing I want to talk about um, is agendas. Mm. And uh, for me, I feel like agendas has, that phrase has become such a negative thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think it's a negative thing because I think if you think about what the definition of an agenda is when you go into a meeting, it's the list of things that you're going to talk about, or an agenda is the underlying intention of a group of people. But in one of the conversations I had with uh, one of the people on the street, they felt that there was this agenda specifically with the homos um, the LGBT community to push homosexuality on society. Mm. And I found that really interesting because when I thought about it, it's like every group has an agenda though. There's something that they want to accomplish. Right. So with the LGBT community, though I don't agree with what she was saying, for me, it, I just think that they want equal rights. They want to be treated the same way. Same with Black Lives Matter movement and all of that. So let, let's wrap on that a little bit, just as far as agendas go. Yeah, I, th I think awareness is the one thing that everyone really wants is, is a little bit of visibility, whether mm -hmm. it's the LGBTQ community, uh, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's, um, you know, a, a restaurant that serves vegetarian organic food right. in an area that is that has a shortage of that type of food. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so for them to get awareness on what they're pushing for, I think, you know, awareness is one thing. But when you're looking for awareness, I think there's a bit more of a sense of um, that you, you seem to be a little more open to, and honest and and. Uh, carefree about the other person. You're more strong, feeling strongly about what you're right. saying. But I think the word agenda is where the little the tiptoe happens because mm -hmm. it almost seems like agenda. Maybe the way that we've associated it is an uh, uh, an idea or a passion that you want others to feel, as opposed to standing for something and just doing what you can do mm. to speak about it, hope for awareness, work for awareness, but not have someone have to agree or listen or accept your um, your advocacy. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think when you say like the definition. It's the underlying part that's yeah. the issue. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know what the underlying part is. Like, they can see the on the surface what you're talking about, what you're doing, but, like, why are you really bringing this up? Why are you really telling me this? Why are you really running for this? Why are you really pushing that? Because um, the underlying part sometimes doesn't come out. Mm -hmm. And I think when people use the word agenda, um, it's just an easy way to saying, like, what are you really getting at? Right. Or, like, what is your real intentions? With her statement in the LGBT community, I think it's because they're so um, visible. Mm -hmm. You know, it, as Dakota was saying, it's, it's they're making themselves so aware. It feels like, okay, what what is this? Why are you so pushy? Why are you, why is, why is so much of the stuff involved um, have a gay or homosexual lesbian agenda to, attached to it? Um, because it's really a small number of people, right? Right. But then to have this much awareness and this much visibility, like, wait, what the, what's going on? So I can see her what she's thinking mm -hmm, from that. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, the word agenda is always going to have a negative connotation to it because you really don't know what people are thinking. You don't know what the underlying right. meaning is. Right. I think also, and we talked about this on another episode, with social norms changing, people are just they feel more comfortable speaking out about things. Right. So that's why it may seem like an agenda. Because another thing that she said was that she just feels like those things should evolve naturally. Like if you are heterosexual, you're heterosexual. If you're homosexual, you're homosexual. should just be what it is rather than pushing it on people to accept. Right, but when you have, you know, the old where the, the, uh, the Chinese child, children's feet would be bound, mm-hmm. right? Those, those feet want to grow, but they're being bound and mm-hmm. tightened. So mm-hmm. those LGBTQ rights are trying to grow, but they are bound by policy and by infrastructure and industry mm-hmm. that is pushing them down. I right. mean, it literally <clears throat> took, and you talk about industry, you talk about one of the most pro-LGBTQ industries, the film and television industry. Right. I mean, if you look back, Maybe Modern Family was the first time that there was two gay characters on television that after after a while, I mean, after the first season, they were no longer considered the two gay characters. And I mean, Will and mm-hmm. Grace was, you know, impactful. Yeah. So but, it was also, but it was also yeah. a show about yeah. homosexuality and how they l- coexist. It, right. the, the topic was homosexuality mm-hmm. as right. opposed to the topic being for people living and trying to live. And I think that's something that, you know, we're just crossing that precipice of that being in the industry that most supports it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, you were saying before, Carmel, about um, the promoting homosexuality, the, 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 com- the comment was about that. Yeah. You think about yeah. what does that even mean? Because right. if, if you think that you can promote it, that means it becomes this choice or this idea that you just take on because it's fashionable or it's interesting, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to promoting the coexistence of or the awareness of. And I think that is something that could be promoted. That mm-hmm. There should be an agenda to say, hey, there are people like me that agree with a lot of things that you agree with, but we have very visible differences that's keeping me away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to promote myself to be in your circle. Mm-hmm. And that makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. Abs- I was just going to say yeah. it's totally a level of comfort. Right. Mm-hmm. It's something that people aren't used to at yeah. all. Yeah, and I think there is also a, a connection between like, you know, black civil rights and, and the LGBT community that sometimes I think people don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, you being gay does not equal me being black. And I, I agree with that, but at the same time, like if you have a set of rights that you believe you are entitled to as a human being, you should have those. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't like the connection to another train or another movement that seems like you want to make seem similar because they're not. Um, but I, I see where some people can say like, well, I, I don't feel like I'm being treated like a, just a basic human being, mm-hmm. so I should have these basic human rights. Cool, go after it your way. I think a lot of people see something like, you know, and I hate when people say, well, you know, you have black the black civil rights movement. What's what's the difference between this and ours? I'm like that's they're like light years apart. They're light yeah. years difference to me. But but I will say with that, I I do think that there are simil- similarities, and that's why people need to come together. Because I always find it so surprising that there's so much homophobia in the black community, mm-hmm. and there's so much racism in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Like we we are technically all fighting for the same thing, and in that sense, I I, I see why people say that. Mm-hmm. You know, because we should all be fighting together. Sure. I, th- I think what you said too is important because it almost creates this. Um, immunity to being a racist if you have yourself some sort of something that's oppressed right. or something mm-hmm. that, that, sure. that that's, that's lacking their rights. For sure. And, so, and, and I think one of the issues is that it becomes like, like the Pete Buttigieg running for president, he speaks for the gay agenda. And I put that in quotes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Kamala Harris speaking for black female. Why does the one who, why do you have to be the thing to run for the thing? Yeah. And I think that's part mm-hmm. of the issue. You don't see Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders coming out specifically for black women. Mm-hmm. And specifically for um, the LGBTQ community, and mm-hmm. they do have policies, and I'm sure that they have um, 
probably a very similar view to many other candidates, but we put this like this label on people that if you're the thing, then you can speak for the thing. And if you're not, if Kamala Harris isn't speaking about black female issues, mm-hmm. then she's criticized for not speaking about it. So it's it's almost like yeah. if, if everyone has the thing to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, and I think if that gets peeled away, then we're all... Uh, could see we're all held accountable on the same field. Mm-hmm. We both can be as hateful or loving as the other. We all have enough issues to work for and against. And so if we begin to look at it that way, then you're not going into a community assuming that Black, rights, uh, Black Lives Matter and an LGBT community mm-hmm. would be able to coexist. They should, mm-hmm. but they're not, like, oppressed is not just oppressed. Right. And privilege is not just privilege. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think the problem also, just speaking on those examples, like with Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, that people think that whatever their issue is, if that person looks like them, that they have to represent mm-hmm. that right. issue and they have to fix that issue. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks, I mean, I do think that everybody has a seat at the table, but it still takes time. Yeah. Um, and um, specifically with Kamala Harris, I know so many people that say, well, she doesn't do anything for the black community, then she's, you know, she's not really black honestly mm-hmm. and i'm like mm-hmm. i think that's so extreme that's such an extreme <laughs> yeah. statement yeah. to yeah. make because if you're the president you technically are supposed to be the president for all people right. Right. you can't expect just the gay president to f- focus on gay people you can't expect the black president to just focus on black people her experience is absolutely different and she has the opportunity to be visible as a black woman in that position absolutely but, but she shouldn't care any more or less than anyone else it should be the fact that we all care the same 100%. i mean that there, there shouldn't be a precedent or a priority on certain issues because you have a connection to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so it's so challenging about even when we talk about film and TV and the challenge in getting different faces in front of people to tell stories is because we do connect to those stories. Right. But we're told that we don't because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then we're just focusing on the difference, which becomes the agenda. We don't right. talk about the agenda of things we have <laughs> right. in common. We yeah, don't talk about yeah, the fact yeah. that we all waste food, that we all waste, uh, we don't drive our cars economically. We all mm-hmm. don't pick up trash. Like those are things we should all focus on, not just the things that are pushing against us. Yeah. Why do you think it's such a me, me, me society? Because it's our favorite price. My favorite. We're all number one, right? I, yeah. I just think that's, yeah, that's, that's human behavior. Uh, I think what we're seeing now with media, the way it is, we're just seeing so much of right. it. Um, like I cannot stand how much people post that they're working out. Right. Like it's the most <laughs> annoying thing to me. Like John was just saying that I have a friend of mine followed him on Instagram and he followed him back and he was like, Nope. Cause it was just gym pictures. It's just gym pictures. <laughs> like I'm watching you get better. Maybe not. Maybe just you at the gym right. wanting us to think you're getting better. Right. Like I would be more impressed if I didn't see you for two months. Like, Oh dang. Like, yeah. Oh, you, you, you get in shape. That to me makes more sense. But we're, we all want to get validation so quickly yeah, and so yeah. much of it. Um, I think then when we start realizing, oh shoot, you can see me now. Right. It's like all this stuff mm. is now revealed. Now you got to start. No, I shouldn't post this one. I should. Then you start thinking way too much about what to post, what not to post, because you you do want the, the attention, but then maybe you don't. Right. So I think yeah, we're always been our n- number one person. That's cool. We all should think about ourselves and put ourselves first. But like it's it's just too much now. The, the pr- <laughs> I think the problem is, is, that, is that it becomes an end game, right? The end game becomes working out and posting the photo, whereas. Some people work out because they want to get a specific job, or they want to, you know, finish their PhD, or mm-hmm. they want to, they want to be in shape so they can be healthy for their children. Right. Yeah. Right. So watching someone run around with their children, you say, "Hey, life looks great." He goes, "Yeah, I've been working out. I've been eat, taking care of myself. I mean, all those things become a part of the real thing you want to be exposing." Mm-hmm. But now the little thing, like literally eating healthy, becomes like something people 
pose about it. And, and, and I think I think this comes with a grain of salt, this conversation, because the only people who are really looking at other people eating are people that are on the same app. Mm. Like, you cannot look at an Instagram story unless you are yourself on Instagram. Right. Right. So right. when you step right. out of that bubble and you go anywhere else in the world, you know, this idea of in the 1950s TV dinners and the home, you know, the male and female roles becoming a little more cemented and here's how it should be to make easier and here's mm -hmm. how it to be should make easier and here how it should be to make easier and technology boomed and then mm -hmm. the internet boomed and it's all about becoming easier and easier mm -hmm. and when it's easier often means you're involving less other opinions. Right. So I think that we've evolved into a society of bubbles mm -hmm. and I think the Instagram like dig into the daily minutia is like the that that's this is the this is the finale this is the thesis of that test hmm. that we're all literally sitting waiting for coffee while we watch <laughs> a video of somebody else waiting for coffee for somebody else with somebody else it's very very true it's so yeah. Yeah. It's and the, so the worst true. part is that you can connect with people in terms of actually communicate with them through that channel mm -hmm. better than if you were to walk to your neighbor's door and knock on the door right. they might not open it because they're saying who is this person at my door right that's oh yeah that's weird. It's yeah. the same with texting and calling. Like, right. why are you calling me? Just text yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. we've, we've all become disconnected in that sense. Do you think that there is an agenda for social media as a whole? Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, critical thought here. Oh, so, well, here we go with the critical uh, thought. We, I say he's a conspiracy theorist. He's like, no, I'm a critical I'm thinker. Critical thinker. <laughs> That's good. Critical yeah. So, when you say agenda, for who? Because, like... Are we talking about does Facebook, Instagram have an agenda? Mm -hmm. Or oh, okay, yeah. I, 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 so an underlying and yeah, what is the underlying that, intention okay. of social um, media? I don't know it, but I'll say it's just really interesting how much information now, uh, and we've had we've had some some news about this. How much has been leaked to our government and to other agencies mm -hmm. uh, to find out about uh, the public? Mm -hmm. um, and I tell these people all the time to get on Facebook. Oh, my page is my page. It's not yours. You own nothing mm. there. That is not your page. You are on a private server. This is Facebook's. This is Instagram's. They own everything. So don't get on and thinking you can just say what you want, do what you want, because you don't own that. Mm -hmm. And so when people get on and start posting and putting like private information, like okay, you're just making yourself more visible to maybe people you don't want knowing your business. So the agenda, I think, honestly, I mean, I don't want to say the government's spying on us, but I'm gonna say the, the government government's spying on us. <laughs> but I mean, to, to what avail? Because I mean, really, how how good is 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 all this data that they've been mining? I mean, those you know those who worked in the as a pollster for the Clinton campaign, mm -hmm. and and even for the Trump campaign, neither one of them did that well in terms of their data. Right. So our data, we're collecting data, and we're able to you know if you Google a watch and you look up a specific watch, and then a week later you find an ad for that watch. Well. That's kind of helpful. The ad was, finds you. The ad finds you, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so and, and I think that that then then we tie that to well, if that must be, then Mark Zuckerberg must be an overlord. Mm. And I think it, it creates this like this conspiracy. And it's funny you mentioned that the idea of a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. is, I don't think they're that talented nor conspiratorial <laughs> enough to be able. You know, we if right, you look at any conspiracy right. theory, it takes a lot of organization. Right. It takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of right. uh, of wherewithal that mm -hmm. I don't think we have. You know, we can't even get medication to seniors at a affordable level that mm. they shouldn't even have to pay in the first place. And you think that we're taking their data. So what? So the Walmart family can get a little, like it almost makes this like get the money, get the money narrative that we've played through media. Right. Something that we've now applied to these people who, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg started out of his college dorm. Mm -hmm. I don't care how, who he is now. He started this journey as that guy. Mm -hmm. And so part of him is still that guy. Right. And not to judge young white men in dorm rooms, but <laughs> usually by the time you're three, four, five, six, ten 10 years later, 
you're a different person. Right. But with similar ideals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, and you can't judge these things in a way that, that there's this. But I will say, like you said, we we're, we're, we struggle with getting affordable medication for elder. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's intentional. Because that's okay. why I look at it. Okay. Like, yeah, it would make sense for older folks to not have, but it's a, it's a business. Mm-hmm. The whole right. pharmaceutical industry is right. a huge business. Right. I don't think they want old folks to have affordable health care. I don't think they want any. No, of us no, to. and that, it, that I agree with. Yeah, but I, but I don't. I think that they're individual actors, and I think like Purdue Pharma is the one that's that's in the court case right now, which mm-hmm. has been negligent about opioid overdoses. Right, and and there is evidence to to, to prove to prove that. So mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. something that's important. But I think and, and Carmel, you're right that there is a, a business sense that it goes against our own well being. But when it comes to the government's involvement in using those as tools to mm-hmm. control us, I mean, if <laughs> they can't even control themselves. So I think it's literally, I mean, you, you, there's, I mean, what are they controlling of us? And I think right. that we, we, we too often think of rights as something that we're given mm-hmm. and freedom as something that we're given by this constitution. Mm-hmm. No, no, you have the right, like I have the right to touch my nose right now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to write it down. We all know that, right? right. Mm-hmm. The freedom of speech, we should just be able to have that. Yeah. So it's not necessarily, you know, our defense against some sort of offensive shouldn't be the standard. The standard should be, we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that, you know, we have a sense of freedom that we tend to lose in our society, in our phones, in our city, in our state, in our coast. But I think, I think the fortune of having traveled myself, and that's something that we don't do enough in this country, is going somewhere else and not mattering. Mm. And your infrastructures don't exist. Right. And, and, and those effects of conspiracy, which you're thinking, you don't feel them because you're in a different world with different mm-hmm. conspiracies and different weight and different economies. So I think it, you know, that goes back to the me, me, me thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how self-centered to think that there's an entire world just to make sure that you click on a thing. <laughs> like that's really right. not the meaning of no, life. For I don't sure. think. But yeah. I think yeah. that social media has really made those conspiracy theories and pe- conspiracy theorists evolve a little bit right. more mm-hmm. because yes, you, you, you talk about, Oh, I need a Dyson air purifier. And then that's all you see for a whole week is ads yeah, for Dyson. Talk air about it. That's, you know? that's when that first happened, that freaked me the hell out, but I know yeah. how to fix it. Okay. I would like to share a little little gem yes. with you all. Yes. Just turn Folks, your microphone up. off. There you go. Well, see, I know your app. I am, I am of the, I, I really, there's a part of me, and I think like the young man who really liked like conspiracy movies growing up mm-hmm. is like thinking like they are listening to you. Like I want to <laughs> believe that, but I, I read an article and, and it was somebody speaking about how this crazy thing happened that she got these ads for I forgot what the, what the what the item was, mm-hmm. but we have I think people think like oh I spoke it now so it pops up now right you have been creating a lineage of data since you began clicking on the internet and I'm putting mm. that all in quotes but as you mm-hmm. begin to put that through there's a lot of information out there and even by process of elimination even who you connect with the fact that you're in the same geographical location as your friend right. when you talk about Dyson vacuums and then you leave well if they've been researching Dyson vacuums and you were in the same place and you're both into those contacts that's all linked up, so it's true. not so surprising. True, true, true. And at the end of the day, if you want to take a vacuum and there's a good deal that pops up, well, <laughs> can't complain. Every now and again, I get a good deal on those ads. I love yeah. that. I yeah. love that. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about another thing that is evolving and rising is liberal extremism, and I, I'm using that term because. I've noticed recently, and I've seen quite a few polls, uh, because we have about 38 <laughs> candidates for <laughs> running mm-hmm. for the Democratic uh, candidate, uh, nomination, but I've noticed that a lot of people are still of the mindset that if my candidate doesn't get the nomination, I'm not going to vote for whoever 
is in that place. And I find it very um, troubling. I find it very problematic. And it's concerning to me that we haven't learned anything in the last three years and that people are honestly voting against their own self-interest in a sense. Um, so let's, let's wrap on that a little bit. So I think I know, one, I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to know what any of that means. Because mm-hmm. I've gotten that before. Like, I don't know when you guys start talking politics, I get lost. So like, <laughs> to like, to dumb it down a little bit, for lack of a better word, like when we talk about liberalism, period, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you both consider that to be? I, I, I would say in terms of... Um, I'm, I, it's hard because my personal opinion may be different than what I really think, which is based sure. upon our social and, – and this is a worldview of the right and the left mm-hmm. and there being conservative and liberalism. So mm-hmm. I feel like for me, I am more inclined to go on that defined view of social economic liberalism on one side – or social, social liberalism on one side, mm-hmm. social conservative on the other side, and then economic liberalism and economic right. – So I think those two issues are a little separate for me. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I would say for people, liber- liberals are usually ones that, that make them feel freer – and conservatism is feeling a little bit more trapped in. I would say that's the social imprint that I ride with because mm-hmm. I think when you do have an opinion on it, you're still dealing with other people's definitions of it, which is makes this, this conversation even challenging right. because mm-hmm. what do you right. define yeah. it as, right. which makes what I'm speaking one way or the inverse. Right. Yeah. I used to think that liberals were for everyone mm-hmm. and conservatives were more me, me, me. But mm-hmm. now I've noticed that the attempt to be inclusive has started to become exclusive. And I think that that's what my issue with liberal extremism is. Say that one is. more time. Mm. The intent to be inclusive has actually become exclusive. Right. And that's what my issue mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So I think, I think it's hard because when people start looking, again, we talked about, you know, seeing a person that looks like me that hopefully will address the topics, agendas, and issues that affect me and seeing someone that doesn't, that's almost the opposite, why would I vote for them? Even if it's a party that's supposed to support me or, or, or protect me or help me, if they see a Kamala Harris and that's who I want and she doesn't get it, I'm not going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Right. Which is insane. That's <laughs> insane. Right. I think you even said it uh, in a text earlier. You said, um, what was it? They said they'll they'll vote for their candidate or bust. Yes. Like the 2016 is an example of bust. 100%. Like they got bust for president. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's <laughs> right. and I, wow. I think and, and, and I think one of the issues is is that like there's there's 20 legitimate Democratic candidates and everyone is talking about why each candidate wouldn't be able to do the job. They're all incredibly qualified. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about them individually over the past 10 years. Right. They've mm-hmm. all popped up in certain moments, and you go. This person can be something, mm-hmm. and they're all well qualified. Right. And I think the sad part is, is that we've come into a culture of it's easier to hate, it's easier to be angry, it's much easier to be against. And voting is for something. Mm-hmm. It's the small thing you have that is for something. Mm-hmm. And I think it is quite a privilege to be in a society where you can hate on things so much. Because other places in the world, there's no like you understand your power to vote, so you would never not vote. Right. And so right. yeah, I think we've become so privileged as a society that. You know, we have a reality TV president. It has mm-hmm. skewed people's view of what the office is. Um, people are getting more politically engaged, but politically engaged by whom? Loud social media uh, advocates that really push their image, which is not a bad thing. And the right. AOCs of the world are doing wonderful things, but there's a whole bunch of people that aren't in that little bubble of visibility that need the same type of activism and aren't getting it because mm-hmm. we're so, you know, it's almost like voting disenfranchisement is not just. Systemic, systemic, but it's actually an emotional thing that has been put upon us. Like 
yeah, you don't care either. And we mm. go, oh, I guess we don't care. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stay home. Right. So, and even with that, you know, we saw in 2000 and in 2016 where the Electoral co- College had a bigger play in this than, than in the past. Mm. So I think a lot of people also look at that and say, well, if the Electoral College is really making the decision, what's the point of me voting? So that's another thing is I think people who know politics, understand the system, see it not working, would rather just dip. Right. I'm good. Because like why get so invested? Why get so mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, riled up and, and go out there and, and push for this candidate when at the end of the day, even if I vote for the person, even if we all vote for that person, it's a chance that they still, still not going to be That's office. all results-based, yeah. and I think that's the problem, is that we're voting for to get a result. I want the thing. Well, no, you don't want the thing. You fight for the thing, mm. and maybe you get it. And maybe you don't, but you fight for it because you fight for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that people who have to fight for things every day understand. Mm-hmm. They fight for their right to be able to take care of their children comfortably, safely, with a locked door and food in their mouth. And mm-hmm. that, that is something that they fight for. Yeah. So they don't, have, they don't have the chance to worry about whether it happens or not. And I think that's the problem is that we've lost the sense in that safe space of being getting things are better. Mm-hmm. You're not fighting for housing rights if you have no housing issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking I had this. Uh, my apartment has I have no one above me and I have no one below me. Wow. And and it's a two stories, but the garage is below me, so mm-hmm. there's nothing. And I think that when I was talking to someone about white privilege, and I was like, that is the best example of of understanding white privilege, mm. where. I don't realize the privilege of not having someone above or below me until I'm living below someone who's stopping or I'm above somebody and I'm making noise. And it's that type of thing of not realizing what the benefit of what you have in the, when everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But if I hear a little sound outside, I'm going to complain about it because the streets are loud and all of a sudden <laughs> everything is loud and my, and my experience needs to be listened to, right? right, you right got it, they're right. honking out front. I'm yeah. having such a tough time in my quiet apartment. <laughs> right. and, and so I think that's where we get lost is that because we don't see things does not mean that our privileges and freedoms and rights don't exist. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, well, what are we going to fight for if everything's good? Mm-hmm. Or what if we use our freedoms and privileges differently? Yeah. What if we, instead of voting for a candidate, um, went at changing the structure? What I mean, rarely do you hear talk of changing how we vote, changing our systems. I mean, last time we talked about adding a, a, another party. Like, those kind of conversations, to me, seem like, I, I personally would get more behind that. 100%. Like, changing the system, because yeah. it's it's it doesn't always work. And for the most part, it helps those who invented the system. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, I don't really see people, like we talked earlier before we came on, about gerrymandering and doing more for social and economic work, a group of people who had similar incomes and live in similar houses. Similar experiences. Similar experiences yeah, yeah. versus mixing them up with people who don't. Um, they should have a voice and an ability to actually affect politics in our government, in our Senate, in our... Con- we don't really have that. Um, a lot of people are just appointed. I mean, to be honest, people just, okay, I want this guy, and he's in. I had nothing to do with that guy. Mm-hmm. And this guy's creating bills and policies and laws that affect me, and I never had a say about him getting in. And then you're, and, and you're you know... Um, Unenthused as someone voting for a blue, like a Democrat in a Democratic state. Right. But think of how Republicans feel and independents mm-hmm. and people who mm-hmm. don't. I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. you're so far back that the apathy just grows even more. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's that's what I want to see. I mm-hmm. would want to see us work towards changing the system. Like, how can we actually, I know it would take a lot and it'd be a for huge, sure. yeah. a huge yeah. uh, boulder to lift. But usually things that are worth it are that big and are that heavy. And I think if we really want to see a change in our in our country and our policies and all that, that's what's going to have to happen. I think because um, having 38 
candidates. Yeah, it, it's, it's I mean, just. I was ridiculous. being sarcastic. Well, no, but it but feels that way. It, <laughs> it, it isn't what it's like twenty. It could be thirty-eight. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. You yeah. Know? But yeah. What you said about liberal extremism, I think, to go back to your point, Carmel, about the system, and we talk about the party, the Republican and Democratic mm-hmm. Party. I mean, you said those who founded the party, but those parties, you know, if you go back to George Washington's presidency, which Ron Chernow's yeah. book, I just, I'm still, fin- it's, it's the longest book ever, but Ron <laughs> Chernow's Washington, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And you got to read it so many times to really get it, but his story is incredible. Mm. And and the fact, his emphasis on, on and, and plea to not have political parties, to not move forward in that way, was specifically for what, why we're living today. Mm-hmm. And I think the phrase liberal extremism has come about is because those in the safe Democratic Party, which is most of it, and those in the safe Republican Party, which is most of it, mm-hmm. are afraid of, and I'll use the AOCs, not like they're all like her, but she is a, a loud, a, voice. A loud yeah. voice on the left. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what do you call somebody who is more blank than you, but too far, an extremist. Mm-hmm. An extremist, when we talk about Islamic fundamentalism and Islam- Islamic extremism, is to vilify those people. Yeah. And so the same way, I think that it's what you said, Carmel, it's the establishment, it's that system mm-hmm. that is beginning to vilify liberal extremism. I mean, if you can't pay for Medicare for all, if you can't pay for uh, free public college, if you can't pay for that, well, then let's learn that we can't pay for that as opposed to like healthcare should, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Mm-hmm. If it costs everything, then that's what it costs. Right. But there's a certain right that comes with it that that's this idea of the fight or the result. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I mean, I mean, to, to, to break those political parties would be great, mm-hmm. but I think what's going to happen is they're going to implode. Um, mm-hmm. And if the, if the Trump uh, campaign and presidency shows us anything is that you can win from the fringe. You can win as an extreme voice. And I don't think that's a negative thing. I think that's been a positive thing to see somebody with no background, but he did things the right way. He just used the wrong cue cards. You know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He used yeah. the wrong yeah. cue cards. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that we are fighting for too much at once? Never. No, I want it all. Yeah, I, I agree. want it all. Yeah, yeah I, I think we're not fighting together. That's the yeah. issue. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it, there is a lot to go for. But if we're all together going for it, um, I, you know, it, it, it's easier. I think it feels like a lot because there's so many these splintered groups trying to do all these different right. things. And right. I, and then, like, we're tangential to some of them. And I'm, I'm kind of with this person, but I'm really with this. So we're, it's just this weird, like, it's not level. Right. But that the reason I ask is because do you think that at some point something is going to suffer because we're like, we're fighting for this, we're fighting for this, Things we're fighting for suffering. that. Well, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, but I, I think it's important. <laughs> yeah. Things are you know? already suffering yeah. and they will always suffer. Yeah. I think that, and that's the part of like we have to realize is that we're not fighting for us and our generation. We're fighting for a future. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, World War II was fought for us and our parents' generation. Right. And we are the example mm-hmm. living for that. They don't get to experience that. They're long gone. Mm-hmm. Most of them, the days that they even got there. So I think there's, you know, to think of what we're fighting for is a future of which we might not partake in the entire thing. So I think that there's a, you know, are we fighting for two? I think th- as three people in Los Angeles mm-hmm. who are creative and Los Angeles is a city of doing a lot of things. Yeah. We say not enough, but there are people that say, no, this one thing is super important. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Carmel, our biggest issue is disorganization. Mm -hmm. What is the system's best trait? Organization. You know, and it reminds me of, I don't know where you guys grew up, but where I grew up, if someone has, you know, the phrase having back, like, Mm -hmm. you know, mess with them, they got back, right? Mm -hmm. And back is when you have a tussle in the schoolyard and that person comes back with 20 people, right? They got back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the party is, right? Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't have these real systemic people 
in the Democratic and Republican Party speaking the way we would unless they had the back of that group. And all those people want, quote unquote, back. They mm. want a crew behind them to say, we'll fight for you. Are they fighting for anything anymore? Not really. Yeah. They're just so comfortable the fact that they don't have to stand alone that that's become the norm. So I think standing alone is the challenging part, which we need to uh, to really infl- or to inspire people in communities that have that singular issue, mm-hmm. that are speaking on one thing, mm-hmm. and to let those heroes begin to ride that wave so that the, the organizers can begin to like us, say, well, I want to put my focus in here, and how can I help this voice? Mm-hmm. And I want to put my focus in here, help this voice. But those voices are scattered and getting lost because people are, they, they don't want to get involved anymore because right. they're, they're too defeated. Right. What would you say to someone that 80% is for this person, 10% for another person, 5% for another person, but the 5% person is the one that gets the candidacy? And they're kind of on the. Eh. I, I think in this year, I, I mean, I saw Adam Schiff on um, on Bill Maher last night, mm-hmm. and he said, "Any grown adult for president, 2020." <laughs> right? <laughs> and if you, and it, it's funny. I mean, it's true. But, it's but in true. terms of comparing, I mean, you could take the worst Democratic candidate and place them in office, and I feel like we'd be in a better place. One hundred percent. So, will it be the best option? Maybe not. Yeah. Possibly mm-hmm. not. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Could it be a great option compared to where we are now for that job to go better? It is an upgrade 100%. for sure. So why do you think people think that if it's not their candidate, it's still, you know, whatever, Trump's going to be president again? Like, I, I can't get behind that thinking of that process. I, I think it just goes back to, again, seeing someone you can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think it also is just people are tired. They're tired. Right. They've seen a lot of stuff that has built their hopes up, got them excited, and then just not delivered. Right. So right. they're like, okay, how many times do I get behind someone? Um, even people who look like them, who say, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to get that, and they vote and they get in. and they, Because I have so many buddies who like, Obama did nothing for black people. I'm like, okay. But then it goes to what you said, Dakota. Like, It really shouldn't be about that at that point. Once you get into the office, it's like, okay, one of us got in. Let's see what they can do. It's not really them coming in to like, yo, I'm helping all my brothers out. Like, you know, like right. he's a president of the United States, right? He's proud that he right? got in. Right. He got in. <laughs> Which he wouldn't have been elected in that case because not only would there have been a, a swell from the, the far right and, and of, of white people, mm-hmm. but I also think there would have also been some really intelligent people on the left that are black would say that that is not how you run an, a candidacy. Right. And I think that's important that you don't represent your culture by saying, everyone who's like me, vote for me. That's right. been every election. Right. Yeah. Just happened to have been white people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think so I think that's why people are like that. Like, if I don't get what I want, if it's not this hundred percent thing, why? Why? I don't I don't yeah. have the time and energy anymore to do that. I think I think there's a uh, we have to also understand how we listen to po- we don't we don't know government. And I say we as as a culture, we don't right. know government, we don't know right. politics. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know their congressman. For sure. And that congressman is winning 75, 80 percent of the district. How is it possible that an incumbent, when there's a few people running? Uh, or even a general election when you have two people of the same party in both Republican and Democratic districts, how is it that that incumbent always wins? Because there's a system in place. People don't know, so they go, what's easy? They've been there before? Eh. I mean, that's (laughs) the political party of everyone is. Mm -hmm. Eh. So I think if you begin to grow beyond that, then you're having, again, back to what we said before, individualism, speaking up for something. Because if you're going to believe somebody was promising you something, then you already don't know the game you're in. If you think, well, they, they didn't <laughs> they didn't deliver on these promises, their job is not to deliver on promises. Their right. job is to have ideas right. and speak for things. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you go anywhere else in the world and they have a candidate that they back and those people back because they said something, if they don't do that something, they're gone. Yeah. 
And so yeah. there's this elitism of politicians that we have. You know, I was in the Netherlands doing a film out there quite often. And the first time I got there, I went to the square in The Hague and I mm-hmm. got a, a drink with some people I knew. And that night was their election. And mm. it was a big election. They, the, 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 I forgot the candidate, but he was running against a guy called Dutch Trump. So there was this like swell of fear <laughs> that this Dutch Trump would win the election. <laughs> as great prime, prime minister. I, I love he, it. I he need a t-shirt. He didn't, he, he didn't <laughs> win. Oh, okay. But so they, the candidate they, that they wanted to win won. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first night I got there, he rode by on a bicycle and was talking to people in the street. Hmm. And rode, and they, I was like, who's that? He said, oh, this guy just won for our prime minister. And I was like, it just blew my mind that this crazy, I'm thinking Dutch Trump is fighting this, this Dutch hero. And like, and then, and so I'm thinking <laughs> like that this is like these politicians <laughs> that these like, they're in the high tower and, and there's security around them and there's celebrities, but he's a dude riding a bike on his way home. And I was like, that is those kind of people we treat like, Hey, you better do something or you're gone. Mm-hmm. We treat, and I don't want to say this in a bad way, but subordinates or people at work that say, Hey, this is your job. You must do this job mm-hmm. so that the team can continue to go forward. Mm-hmm. And now we have these celebrities that get a free pass because, ah, well, yeah, we like them. Yeah. They're famous. We don't yeah, want to bother yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. We don't want to upset them. Yeah. Uh, and I think Obama was a great example of, of for the incredible things that I, I feel he did as president. And I, and I was, I was a fan of his since mm-hmm. he was a state state. I was an Obama fan from the beginning. And so for me, he was this, this, this is my baby. I was like, Oh my God, he's <laughs> doing it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But right. I think he also taught me how to be, how to disagree. He taught me mm. to go, I don't, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, Barack. Mm-hmm. That was something that we talked about a long time ago and you changed that. Well, right. I'm going to disagree with that, but I agree with you and your values. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we don't have that anymore. Yeah. And I think that we, that he is a good example of being behind somebody, but also being okay to not be, to drink the Kool-Aid and totally be them forever. Mm-hmm. I'm curious with all of your world travels, how, um, it is approached by just people that live there, like the opposition, like the two different parties, like are the two different people that are running. Because with here, I feel like it's very red and blue, Democratic. Mm-hmm. Like it's just we remain divided. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen that? No. Or it's just American uh, thing. I mean, it, there's systems elsewhere. I think, like in the UK, it's obviously like that. But I think mm-hmm. the more, um, let's say, socioeconomically developed on the high end economically disparaged on the low end, mm. technologically advanced, you know, the, the UK, the US, Australia, most countries in Europe, you have a lot of development in their societies that you have um, more of that split party system. Um, I think in places I've gone to that are um, in East Asia and mm-hmm. Africa, they're focused on local politics. They're mm. focused on local communities. They're at a point, you know, I think that we, with like millennials and Gen X and Gen Z and baby boomers, we forget that those generations are just based upon similar culture. Once the tech boom happened, we're all in different generations. Right. So I think a lot of the world is still at the point where my village, your village, my community, your community, my town, your town, what are we discussing? They're talking about politics that we discussed in the 17, 1800. We organized fast as a country and we technology and the industrial revolution and technology has made us grow even faster. And there are people that are still farming their own food mm-hmm. and dealing with their own. So their, their issues are so much more real and so right. much more pragmatic because it affects them. Right. We don't think about food. We don't think about where we get our food. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drive home and I could stop by maybe 300 places Right. Within a twenty-minute drive, and that's where the privilege comes in, and that's privilege. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and, and yeah. I don't think about that. And then, and then my favorite restaurant <clears throat> closes, and I want to complain. I want to yell at somebody. <laughs> yeah. right. You didn't bring my yeah. honey mustard. Right. You're not a human. I mean, right. that, that, and then you begin to get in this cycle of where our society is. So, mm-hmm. um, I think my the furthest I've been off the map has been on small little island villages in the Philippines, and small rural villages in in Kenya. 
and like those real like away for like three hours, four hours from an ATM machine. That's mm. when wow. it's real when it's real nice and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and in the, but in all those experiences, they are the same. And when you're mm. in that place, you feel as most a part of them. There is a community to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have gone it's, it's people, it's needs. It's extra and then excess. Mm-hmm. And we are so past excess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the unfortunate part is that people that are still at people and have food security issues and have um, family issues and health issues, they're stuck in the excess world. So they're not heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest difference is that, you know, I'm doing all I'm, incredible stories from around the world. And then I look and I go, this is happening here. It's mm-hmm. happening here. Um, and it's really hard to get that voice heard. Right. Because... You know the loud, the Instagram storyers aren't putting doing Instagram stories of the homeless population. Yeah, right. right. To me, that's that's why I'm always pushing when it comes to politics. We we'll have all these discussions. It's like, let's take care of home first. Like mm-hmm. your local issues. I think those are tangible to me right now. I think that's where people should start practicing and learning about politics the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's your school board, uh, your mayor, stuff, whatever that's local and it's touching you now. Yeah. Start getting involved there and then start branching out because, like you said. There's so many things happening right here that yeah. we should be taking care of that we just completely look over because we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have TV, and this and that. I'm looking out. I'm, there's someone right in front of me. And I'm looking out this way. I'm looking mm-hmm. over them and like they're right in front of me. Uh, and I think of even not knowing who our senators are, our congressmen are, who our mayor is, who school boards, superintendents, all those things. People don't know who those people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see like a you know like a four by eight board every few few months. And, oh yeah, that person. And they just scratched that person's name down. Right. Didn't look up anything about that right. person. Right. Um, I think that's the things we need to start doing the most is just get involved with our local uh, policies and politics. And that will change politics. Because yeah, what do politicians know? You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you've won the school board for the past several years and you've got a decent war chest and you go to your campaign and you go to the infrastructure of your party and they go, well, you're in this seat. We all want to be safe. Let's just vote for this one. Mm-hmm. And then you have somebody who could really change the position and then mm-hmm. challenge the position. And it doesn't happen because why? And you're exactly right. Why? Yeah. Um, and I think that, again, if we go, if we stay with a results-based ideal, mm-hmm. then we're going to be disappointed. If we go action-based, then, you know, the people who really shine are the ones that fight till they fall apart. Mm-hmm. And then they, absor- they dissolve into the soil and they help grow the next people that right. do it. I w- it's interesting you said action-based because I do feel like a lot of action is lacking mm. with liberal extremism because mm. we are loud. Well, I say we, but I don't really consider myself a liberal extremist. <laughs> but liberals are loud, so mm-hmm. as conservatives are too. But I feel like a lot of liberals that I've seen that are going to posting, which we're going to talk about in a second, they don't really do much. Mm-mm. They're just talking about it and making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has to stop. That's yeah. the t-shirt thing, right? 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm working on a film, which I'll talk about later. That uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a Syrian refugee, a musician who ended up going from Syria to the Netherlands and became a, a voice for peace and justice at an international stage. Uh, it's an incredible story. And I feel like, and I've noticed the most attention, that if I did this film poorly and just kind of told a story that's a victim story, which is not the way you tell these stories, I think it would still be popular on the coasts. It'd be popular with the liberal community Mm -hmm. because I saw the refugee film. I tweeted about it. I'm showing up doing the refugee thing. Mm -hmm. Refugees. Mm -hmm. I get the shirt, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're seen as, oh, my God, they care. Oh, my God, they're fighting for refugees. And and that's what happens. And and it's a really easy way to get a whole lot of credit. As opposed to uh, last night at the, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, a journalist whose name is Austin Tice, who was kidnapped six years ago, and his family is still 
hoping that he's alive mm. and, and trying to find, as a journalist, getting kidnapped to tell a story about a society which has crumbled. I mean, and his voice is completely just buried. That journalists are trying mm. to make people remember this voice. He is one of millions. Mm -hmm. And then you go to people who are doing none of the work and getting all of this. And I say praise because we say they're getting the credit, but what are they really getting? Right. Because it's not it's not a currency you could use. Mm -hmm. It's just know? relevancy. It's, it's relevancy. Yeah, right. yeah right. absolutely. So that one makes me want to transition into this current culture of, of headline posters and reactors. Mm. It drives me crazy. Mm. When I see a post and I read that headline, I'm like, I read this article probably three years ago. Mm. And then I look at the article and I'm like, this is old information. Mm -hmm. Did you read the article and did you actually see what the outcome of this situation was? We're so quick to just want to be offended and to be upset about something with liberal extremists, especially I will say that we want to post like, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. It's like, but did you actually research what is happening about it research now. that's a curse <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> wow like for no. example i don't know if you guys have seen this on facebook but it's circulating now that dylan roof got the death penalty that happened two years ago mm. yeah i think snopes should be a government department uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah no yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. i love yeah. that i love that but what are your thoughts on that and why people are so quick to just post and react rather than reading well i think it's or conditioned we're conditioned when we when you scroll through Facebook at even just the way it looks, just visually the aesthetics of it, and you see something posted a certain way, you can't help but take it in and quickly create a whole thought process and narrative behind it mm -hmm. without clicking on the link. Right. Um, I mean, that's me, why it's called clickbait. It's yeah. <laughs> I honestly, like five years ago, I was going to create a company called Clickbait. That all they all we did was go back, kind of like Snopes, but like have just the research of those articles done for people. Because you would have saved, saved the country. You should have done it. <laughs> you should have done it. You would have saved the world. Right. Seriously, I should have done it. I should have done it because it's total clickbait. And I, yeah. I so so for not having done that, I will usually go on a, a page and tell people, okay, look at the article, look at the website, look at the if the URL's got like thirty four numbers in it. Okay, it's not a real site. Like, take a second, just yeah. a second. To click, and I remember going through the steps, and I screenshot it for a person. I clicked on the the link, the article went to the website's disclaimer that it was a parody site. Mm. Like yeah. these are all mm. fake articles. Yeah. Like all you got to do is click. It'll and it'll it'll show you. What, but people just see something, they share it, and they oh my god, I can't believe this. Yeah. And so just yeah. throw up all over their page, and people jump behind it. I'm like, yeah. it's not real. It's not real. Or it's yeah. old news. Well, and, that's right. what, and that's what Fox News has, has done great. You know, they, they've done, they've essentially made their network a meme of just like mm, they pop sure. out these like little mini memes of conversation, video clips, and they could say whatever they want. Mm -hmm. and, then, and, and, it, and it can use the narrative. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, we're, I think we're absolutely just, and we, the three of us, but also this conversation of what, how it's affecting people. But the issue is what we know. Because then there's no really, I mean, there's activism after that. People are upset with Joe Biden um, on, on the Fox side. They're upset with Bernie Sanders on the, on the mm -hmm. Fox side, AOC mm -hmm. on the Fox side. And, and, they, and they get upset about them that are seeds from things that we should talk about every right. now and again. Right. But they go into a dialogue where let's make people think the thing and feel the thing. But it's not like all those people are like, yeah, we're going to go out to vote. There's a handful of people that are causing violent acts mm -hmm. and there's a handful of shooters and there are things that are happening that are I believe more fringe but on the, for the most part 
people's apathy is killing the machine. Mm. And it's almost like we have to focus on how people respond. Forget the media. Forget how it comes out. Mm -hmm. Because that's, and like you said, Carmel, like people click on it because they go, well, this is what the, the machine is saying, so it must be true. Right. Right. As opposed to looking at it and go, I mean, these fools are silly. Right. This looks silly. <laughs> right. And which, you, yeah. which leads to responsibility of the media. And we talked about that before because, and we posted this on our page, also a video of Denzel Washington talking about the media and how there's more of a, a focus on being first mm -hmm. than there is about being right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is such a true statement. And yeah. so with the headlines, you, they are doing it to be clickbait and just to get reactions out of people. And, and to be honest... We talk about there not being a currency. There is, because mm -hmm. if someone clicks on a site, that does equal dollars. Yeah, you know, right. if someone yeah. can get this much traffic, their site, the site doesn't know if it was wrong. The site doesn't care. <laughs> they just see, <laughs> yeah. they just see the click. Uh, uh, I could click on it, see that it's a fake site, it's a fake, and then get out. Yeah. It's still a click. Still got it. It's still a yeah. click. So yeah. they will get advertisements. They'll make money from that, and it's like okay, it's it's it's. I know Facebook had some kind of algorithm they were putting into kind of stop some of the fake news posting I, it's not really worked i still see just as much as, as before yeah, i feel like um, i've seen a lot <laughs> right it's, it's the same thing i just wish and hope we can get to be more responsible in understanding that this these things aren't happening and be more and be more action-based one thing that really bugs me um this past weekend um and it's kind of tangential to this was the nfl draft mm. and a lot of people in the black community are like oh f the nfl can't stand the nfl yada yada, yada and are just posting how much they hate the nfl i'm like that does nothing mm. for anybody I cannot stand boycotting. It's it's one of the most biggest, and, and the black community is so big on boycotting. I said, we are so big on not doing something. <laughs> I've never understood that. Like, yeah. oh, yo, I'm not watching the NFL this year. I'm not doing, so what? Right. It doesn't stop someone from getting killed by a cop. Right. Which is why Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Mm -hmm. But we don't understand that. We're boycotting the NFL. That's not his stance. <laughs> He's mm -hmm. not against the NFL. He tried to get back in the same league that we're boycotting against. Right. And so then we see this past weekend, Nick Bosa was drafted by the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And Nick Bosa said some things on Twitter and Facebook about like, he doesn't like Beyonce. He didn't like Colin oh, Kaepernick. Right. So he, that's already like, and, and, and he, and he, is he, pro, he, he is pro, like vocally pro Trump, right? He's yeah. He's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super pro Trump. And then so black folks are getting upset. Like, Oh my God. I said, so what? Mm -hmm. So what? Beyonce, him not liking Beyonce is worse than him supporting Trump. So, right, exactly. <laughs> that oh, just, yeah. that yeah, just yeah. defines his credibility. I mean, that's... <laughs> right? Oh, but, my god! But gosh. watching people reacting is so mad about Nick Bosa not liking Beyonce. I'm like, but what are you doing? Right. What are you, Why do you really care doing? So Why do you yeah. care so much? Like, are you she gonna don't know do who something? you are. No. She does not know who you are. <laughs> well, I think, I think the challenge is that that's, is that is the world now for some people. That's mm. that's their social life. Right. That's their. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what gives them pleasure, and that's what gives them you know that's what gives them fun and connection. Yeah. So if if you're you need to feel something about Beyonce because Beyonce is a fixture of your you know just completely zoned out scrolling through Instagram life which is which is the unfortunate thing is that we've lost things that are outside of that mm -hmm. and you know we're talking as people who can kind of filter that so so we're at this point we say it is possible to filter the information it is possible to read a site and when it's called like those stinking liberals.com slash black, then you go, okay, maybe this is not a legitimate right. news site. Right. But right. the thing is that we need to, when you said about before, focusing on the next generation, we need to educate children on self identity in social media. Mm -hmm. We have to, this system, we, we're not going to stop this train. So we have to go back and figure it out. In the same way, the, the train industry didn't stop the airline industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. industries change and shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. we talk a lot about automation and, and, you know, the healthcare system. We can't go to Medicare for all because then we lose all these insurance jobs. The system is going to change. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the bigger systems and the bigger changes, we can't stop. But we can prepare people. Mm -hmm. So I think talking to students about 
being able to mentally filter what they're reading. Or even, you know, you can close your eyes and I could flip through Fox News, MSNBC, BBC America, CNN, mm -hmm. and you could tell me when you're getting news. You could tell me when you're getting lip service. You mm -hmm. could tell me when you're getting an opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can, but that means you have to trust yourself. That means you have to have your own sense of values. That means you have to be your compass. And I think people have been so self-taught to not be their own compass, mm -hmm. not be themselves. Drink Sprite when you're on a basketball court because it'll hydrate you. I mean, that's literally been Sprite's MO, <laughs> has been drink soda when you're exhausted right, after physical activity. Right, right, right. And yeah. LeBron James and Kobe Bryant have been the ones saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Things are changing. LeBron James yeah. is opening schools now. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan's acting as an executive. Mm -hmm. and, and Kobe mm -hmm. Bryant is, you know, so these guys that were the, vo the, the, the voices and the faces of these things are changing. Mm -hmm. And I thought about this today too with uh, Zion Williams, who uh, was going to be the number one uh, the pick in the NBA draft, mm -hmm. who was placed for Duke this year, who was one of the best athletes of the, since LeBron James coming, yeah. coming as, as, a young, as a young player. He was uh, maybe not even born 0-1 when 9-11 uh, happened. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting a generation of people who were born after September 11th, wow. right. in the same way we were born after the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that mm -hmm. was born after World War II. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to begin to see who's next. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's one of the biggest parts of the young liberal voice and mm -hmm. even young conservative voice mm -hmm. to say, we're going to be here, so let's get it started. Mm -hmm. And the system that they're playing with is, wait your turn. We're going to finish doing what we've been doing for 30 or 40 years, and we're going to use these new technologies that we don't know right. about and these new ideas that we're not a part of and these new feelings and emotions, which we feel depression and loneliness different than people 10 years older than us mm -hmm. and 10 years older than them. And the kids that are growing up now are going to feel loneliness, depression, not better, worse, or indifferent, mm -hmm. but a different way than we feel it. Yeah. Right. And so we have to give them the tools to say, hey, we're not going to be able to fix your problems, but here are some things that work for right, us. Right, right, right. And let's hope to work together. So in a world where your president is constantly saying the media is the enemy of the people, how do you suggest people identify what reputable news, reputable news sources are? I think it's what Carmel said, right? Who cares what he says, who right. I think is a good news source. Right. And I think that goes back to being yourself. Right. What do you believe in? Right. Do mm -hmm. you believe that it is... It is just that everyone has healthcare. Okay, then that's what you feel. Mm -hmm. And then when you begin to read information that talks about how there's a, you know, a conspiracy of health and this systems and Bernie's money and <laughs> in 1972 he said this thing about Russia right. and he wants a communist. Well, then you read that and go, well, that's a whole bunch of stuff. Let me look into this. Right. And then you find out. Right. I think the problem is, though, that like a lot of the articles that I see posted, like it's clearly like these thinking liberals, liberals.com. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, how do you think that that is a reputable news they source? They don't even look at it. They no, don't. Yeah, they, they don't. don't. They look at the picture. The but picture. it's also, look at like the web address. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, but, what yeah. drives me but crazy. But that's the smallest like, part of it. Yeah. yeah. You have this huge headline, this crazy picture, and then right down here at the very bottom, that, that small yeah. URL. No yeah. one looks, that's the first thing I look at. Yeah. That's I'm like, what's the, the website? What's yeah. the website? Right. Somebody showed me, uh, this is uh, right before the election in 2016, a picture of Hillary Clinton leaning over, like shaking somebody's mm -hmm. hand at the debate, and she had like a, like a, pack, a microphone pack on her back, okay. and, like this okay. microphone coming up. And he's like, how do you explain this? And I was like, I don't know what that picture is. I don't know where it comes from, but I don't know. I, th I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And the, the two days later, I found out that Samantha B on her TV show, they made like five doctored pictures of Hillary mm. and they posted them out to be like, hey, we're publicly on this TV show going to put out these fake pictures, which are fake. We photoshopped them. Watch what happens. And I didn't even, I don't watch the show, but right. I, I found it from that cycle of it being shown as real. Wow. And then the story of them, like, hey, this is actually the, this. We play this little trick publicly on Comedy Central on TV. Mm -hmm. People were like, "Ah, yeah," but she's got a microphone pack on her back, 
And it's like, no, 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 I made that. Right, so it's, right, it's right. almost, if you do a little fake news test, unfortunately, the fact that you're doing a test is almost like too much work for people to want to mm. understand. So they go, mm. well, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, Hillary cheated. Didn't right. she? What about that microphone pack? Yeah, right. it's, just, you know? it's crazy. Yeah. I think there's a picture of the Notre Dame building, uh, Notre Dame church burning with Michelle Obama drinking a glass of wine. And there's a uh, reflection of the church burning in the wine glass. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, she was there. She was <laughs> watching it burn. I'm like, no! are you serious? Oh, right. my gosh. Right. Because they're thinking, it's in the wine glass. Right. So she's obviously sitting there. I'm like, do you not So I've never know? heard of Photoshop. Yeah. No. Yeah. And really, yeah. what's Michelle Obama going to do? If she was if there. If she was there, was she going to put the fire out? Or, I mean, With Michelle, her glass if, of if there's wine. anybody that could put the fire out with right, a glass of wine, right, it's Michelle sure. Obama. <laughs> right. But really, but let's say she actually was, right? Let's yeah. say she actually was on a balcony in Paris having a glass of wine when the, the Notre Dame went on fire. So what? Again, it's yeah. so what? Like, <laughs> what do you want? on fire. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Michelle is drinking a glass of wine. That means oh. something. I, I don't understand people. And like, if, if, if it doesn't affect me right now today, like sometimes I won't even, I won't read it. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll check it out later. Mm-hmm. But like if I see something that affects me now, I'm gonna research it. Yeah. I'll I'll study it more. I'll make a decision about it. I'm gonna measure once, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. I'm always gonna look at it, tw- you know, twice to make sure. Okay, is this really what it's saying? How does it really affect me? Then I'll take action. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm not gonna just sit up and get some like crazy notion and and an idea about something and just spew it on people. Like, right. I don't understand people do that. Like they get upset about something and they just want to go out and talk about it and just yell and get on Facebook and yeah. post. I'm like, what are you actually doing? Right. Like people right. are so upset about, um, you know, uh, the NFL draft and people cannot stand this narrative that they're comparing professional sports to slavery, which mm. is the stupidest thing I've heard in my life. And I'm like, okay, if that's the case, what are you really doing about it? Are you, are you actually trying to get like a, a black business going mm-hmm. to, so you can hire some of these black folks who don't want to play football and make millions of dollars and create general, generational wealth for their family? Okay, right. let's not do that. But if you want to like go ahead and get some black folks you know, employed, are you creating black businesses? Right. No, you're not. Right. You give any money in a black-owned bank. No, you don't. Right. So I don't get like why we get so amped up and right. want to talk about stuff and then just do nothing. Because, they, then, because then you have to do something. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. It's easier to talk. Do you guys go on Reddit much? Yes, oh, yeah. he John lives right. on Reddit. So, so I yeah. think I think what Reddit I think we should begin to build societies like Reddit because I think that there's a populace to the comment section which is a brilliant and, and there, there's just the way that people propagate what's a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. I think Reddit gives me hope in society forever mm-hmm. that we'll always be able to find a little bit of humor and a bit of sincerity and a bit of understanding mm-hmm. very very simply. And one of the best parts about Reddit is that when you put a title of a when you post something, often the title will get either scrutiny or praise. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if it's a really good title, oftentimes through the thousands and thousands of comments, the one that comes to the top is the compliment on the title mm-hmm. or the little bit of misdirection of the title. Mm-hmm. And and the, when you talk about titles and posting anyone's really interested, go through the top front page of Reddit and just read those titles yeah. and read how it guides you and then especially go to the common news section and you'll see similar articles on similar stories and how they change the narrative. Mm. And I think that it's so important that we read that. And I'm going to go a small little tangent, something that came up this week, NFL related as well. Um, Tariq Hill, who is a player who when he was in college, he got, uh, he had a domestic abuse case where he had hit his pregnant uh, girlfriend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Aside from everything, he is an absolute incredible athlete. He's an incredible player. Mm-hmm. And so the value of that for the owners obviously raises much higher. Tariq Hill got to the NFL controversially, and he was an incredible player. Mm-hmm. Just recently, a video came out about uh, or, uh, an audio tape that sh- his 
I think current wife or girlfriend recorded fiance, about his fiance, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that his uh, about him essentially talking about him hitting his son, hitting his wife, oh, wow. being verbally abusive, and it, it was it was disgusting. It really wow. was. Um, and he has no place in the NFL at all. Though the issue is when you read the headline, when you get the story, our top line. I'm going to use that in quotes. The headline becomes the initial emotional idea mm-hmm. of this is horrible. Mm-hmm. He should be out of the NFL. But the second layer to that, which I believe is missing. Uh, is the attack of well? He's a monster. He's terrible. He's disgusting. Okay. Well, why did th- why does why did he do that? Mm-hmm. And we go back into his history. Well, where did he grow up? And what type of relationship did he have with his father? Mm. And why was his father and his family in a circumstance of which they were in, where they felt the need to act like that, based upon what systems? And you begin to go back and you go, wait a second. When you begin to create a stratification of culture of mm-hmm. race, mm-hmm. well, a young black man might feel inclined to act a specific way based upon a system that put him there. Mm. And so I think that that gets, and that's the same thing for, for, for school shooters. I mean, especially in Parkland though, the right is trying to vilify this kid is a monster and this kid is is a terrible person and they want to just vilify him so we can get away from the fact that we have, we can take machine guns to the mall. Right. But I think they do that because if you really think about it, the day before he shot up that school, he was a depressed sad, lonely, confused boy who the next day, the best idea he had was to shoot up a school. Mm-hmm. That boy deserves a hug. That boy deserves a conversation. Mm. That boy deserves to be looked at. And I think the problem is that we're not getting anywhere because we read the top line actually and then we get the top line of the story and go, Tariq Hill's a monster. This kid's a monster. Well, in the context of this event, they did something terrible and horrendous. But if we go back, there are systems that make people like this mm. that are still making people like this. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the root of the problem and we can't get that way if we just get top line headline, let alone read an article, let alone research it, let alone say, maybe there's some history. Mm. So we're almost like step one, we can't even get. And there's a step 10 that is imperative. Yeah. Too much work. It's too much work. It's way too much work for people. It is. It's just like, well, nah, it's all right. It's Mm -hmm. crack my beer open, watch the game. They just, it's, and when the Tyreek Hill thing came out, I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, it is horrendous. Mm -hmm. And I felt nauseous when I heard it, but then I thought, okay, this is twice. Yeah. Aggressively, he's, Aggressive. repeat, he's repeating so, this And you hear him talking, you're like, okay, there's something inside that young man yeah. mm-hmm. that caused this that we're not looking yeah. at. And the way you just said right now is, is so perfect. Like, we're not looking at the system that created mm-hmm. Tariq Hill. We're looking mm-hmm. at Tariq Hill. Oh, he right. hit his kid. Okay, bam, he's out. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're not going to do anything about it after that. Yeah, and I think the problem is that we, we I mean, the I was taught in school is that the Civil War ended and the Civil Rights Movement ended ish yeah, like right yeah. there was dates quote, quote. of like mm-hmm. you know when yeah. when, when uh, there's sentiments don't change emotions don't change like an emotional history of the united states is a lot different yeah. when you talk about you know defending uh, uh i can't even think of the word which is fantastic um <laughs> confederate oh, yeah. that was yeah. one of the best yeah. moments yeah. of my life i couldn't think about the confederates <laughs> ah. uh, confederate monuments like there's there is, I mean, treason is something that we use very effectively now. Treason is a word that right. is like, you, you were treason. That was half the country based upon the ideas of people being slaves forever. Yeah. That was the idea. And that doesn't end because they surrendered a war. You don't go, I'm going to give up everything I ever learned and I believed in because we lost this battle. No, you're going to go, all right, I'm going to stop killing you guys because we're killing, we're losing more people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the sentiments don't change. And then there's, and that's where we get. And so I think like understanding history is important to know like timelines, but we don't study people. We don't study, you know, between 1870 and 1920, mm-hmm. what was going on in the country? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So if you both had one call to action for our listeners, what would it be? Mm. Okay. Um, turn off your phone. 
Mm. Take a break. Like, don't... We, our phones are... We're so attached to our phones, it's, it's impossible not to have them. I get that. But there are certain places and times you can just shut it off. Like, I don't take my phone to the gym. Mm. But 90% of the people at the gym have their phone. Listen, listen you don't music. listen to music? No. Oh, you madman. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm, He's got I'm, too many thoughts. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I'm focused on the clanking. Yeah, I, I don't. I, nothing. Yeah. I leave it in the car. I leave it in. I, usually, I just leave it in the car. I don't. Even, I don't even want it near me. Wow. Just take a break from your phone, at least an hour a day. Just don't even have it near you, um, and just see how you feel about yourself. Because I think we're not going to change. I, I feel like we're not going to change the behavior on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever. But at least we can start changing people's behaviors about their phone. Yeah. yeah. And that might start leading to, to something else. So after you listen to the podcast, turn off your turn phone. Off your exactly. Phone. And not <laughs> now. I'm going to say something. Guys. Don't turn off Dakota, phone. what would your call to action um, be? My call to action is, I think LA County is a great county because they say, if you if you elect for it, they send you those little uh, those pre-ballots in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, open that up. Go through each name and look them up. Look up other Wikipedia. Look mm. up some things they've written. Look up uh, their Ballotopedia is a great website that talks about their prior elections, how they raise money, and go through every person. Because I think that you know, even talk about school board. Sometimes there's teachers. Sometimes there's administrators. Sometimes there's parents who sound like the right person. So yeah. um, when it comes to election season, go through every name, spend the time. I did it with my girlfriend. We had a great time. We shared notes. Have, have a bunch of friends over and everybody researches somebody and presents it. Let it be a fun event yeah. where you go into that mm. poll booth and you know everyone you're not voting for right. as important that. as your loved everyone you're voting for. An actual for. political party. Ballot party. Yeah. I like that. Let's yeah, that. there you go. <laughs> I love that. All right. All right, so as you guys know, on every episode we end with a spotlight on a community, organization, or person that we think is doing good in the world and we asked Dakota to bring yes. something today. So what do you have for us? So uh, I spoke earlier about the film that I've been working on for a while which has kind of put the trajectory of a lot of projects I've worked on. Uh, it's a true story of a man named Amir Shanadi, who is one of the last remaining music, t- music teachers in Syria. Uh, his school in Syria was kind of a refuge for students. After, but when the war broke out, um, he just kind of opened it up for whomever can come because no one could really pay anymore. And his idea of teaching music and offering peace through that music became his MO. So when he fled Syria, now in the Netherlands, he continued that. Uh, he's been working as a, a prominent voice, again, for peace and justice, working as a music teacher, but also integrating uh, his Dutch students. He has done concert with his Dutch students and his Syrian students, doing a lot of outreach, uh, rebuilding instruments, sending them back to Syria. Mm. So he's created a foundation, which is called Amir Shanadi Music for Peace. And uh, you can look up amirshanadi.com, A-M-E-R-S-H-A-N-A-T-I. If you look on Google, you'll find him. Um, and his Music for Peace tab, the organization which I now sit on the board with, uh, uh, as uh, it has three prongs. One of them is uh, creating orchestras of uh, different cultured students. Oftentimes, they don't speak the same language, so the only way they can communicate is through music. Wow. So he's done several concerts mm. over the past few years, um, and it's amazing to see these kids perform for some of the brightest minds in politics Incredible. and human rights. And these people don't seem like they learn as much from these intelligent PhD-laden speakers than they do with children playing music. Mm. So one thing is, is those concerts. The second part is uh, rebuilding instruments uh, for kids both who cannot afford them in Europe and in Syria. And the third part is reinstating his school in Syria uh, because obviously he can't go back, but he's got a lot of students who are now teachers, so he's putting together to build his school back in Syria and some educational programs there. So Amir Shanadi, Music for Peace. You'll find it on the website, and uh, any dollars are helpful because this program is ongoing all the time amazing awesome. i love that awesome. all right dakota tell our listeners where they can find you my i am the only dakota lupo in existence <laughs> so dakota lupo uh, com at dakota lupo dakota lupo all those things i am on the googles and i'm always working on a ton of things and i've realized that the most valuable resource in the world are people 
So Love it. the more people want to connect, the more we can do. Very cool. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, tweet, share, Instagram, and then turn off your phone as Kamel yeah. has suggested. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And make sure you participate in our question of the week that we'll be posting every Monday. And we will talk to you next week. Peace. Bye. And this episode of We Need to Talk is brought to you by Black Brew, the darkest, richest, boldest coffee anywhere.